The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. As the time drew near for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely took the road for Jerusalem and sent messengers ahead of him. These set out and they went into a Samaritan village to make preparations for him. But the people would not receive him because he was making for Jerusalem. Seeing this, the disciples James and John said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to burn them up? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went off to another village. As they traveled along, they met a man on the road who said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another, to whom he said, Follow me, replied, Let me go and bury my father first. But he answered, Leave the dead to bury their dead. Your duty is to go and spread the good news of the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, sir. But first, let me go and say goodbye to my people at home. Jesus said to him, Once the hand is laid on the plough, no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord. I just want to put four things in our minds that the story of Elisha and Elijah, or Elisha and Elijah, tell us about our identity. Because this is pretty profound, really, to reorient our journey in these days of um, a new season. So the four things are really where Elisha is found, what happens to him as part of his call, uh, his response, and then his ongoing relationship with the one who called him. And we've heard the story just here. It's the famed prophet Elijah. Elijah is probably as big as it gets in the prophetic world of ancient Israel. We know his miracles and his signs and everything. And everyone was awaiting the return of Elijah. In fact, they even thought Jesus might have been him. Who do the people say I am? Oh, some say you're Elijah. And of course he is not. In fact, if anyone is Elijah, it's John the Baptist. But we'll come back to that. So Elisha is the understudy of this epic figure. And we see a glimpse of Elisha's call here. We find him in the field, which is a typical vocational setting. David, the little shepherd boy, was out in the field while his more prestigious brothers were being lined up for the pick of king. Moses was running away from Pharaoh and then starting a life with his new little Hebrew family when God called him away from the sheep and into the cave and then he encountered God in the burning bush. And we could mention others. This is kind of a typical vocational scene. So Elisha's out in the field and he's plowing what is probably a massive acreage because it says he has 12 yoke of oxen. That's 24 ox. That's, that's a grand endeavor. And he's the 12th. He's the 12th riding behind this kind of convoy of ox and they're plowing this field. So Elisha seems to be probably the firstborn faithful son of a kind of family farm, of a wealthy family. And he's faithfully stewarding that he's been entrusted with. Elijah goes to call him, but he doesn't call him by name. He makes a very strange gesture. He sort of drapes his cloak over Elisha, 
not sure how he did that if Elisha was busy writing a, a plow of some kind, but somehow he did. And not only that, Elisha understood what it meant. He dropped his occupations and he ran after him. And then he makes a sacrifice at Elijah's invitation. He says, can I go and say goodbye to my parents? Sure. He goes, he burns his ox, he burns the plow as well. He feeds the company with what he cooked. And now he belongs to Elijah. He's no longer his own or his father's. He has nothing left there. His entire investment is now with the prolific prophet Elijah. The, the, the reading ends, he became his servant, but he, came, he became much more than that. Because as Jesus tells us, the servant doesn't know what the master is doing. Elisha asserts something really tremendous with Elijah. As Elijah is also about to be taken up to heaven, he says, what can I give you as a kind of parting gift? And Elisha says, give me a double portion of the spirit that rests on you. And what he's saying is not simply, your works are very grand, give me double of that strength. He's not only saying that. He's actually saying, the firstborn son is known in this cultural context to receive a double portion of the father's inheritance. So what do I want from you? I want you to be my father, and I want to be your son. I want to carry on your legacy, your name. I want to charge into the darkness with your light. I want to be you, after you, for you, with you, through you. Deeply moving sentiment that he does, and it's accepted. What the church places in front of us here, I think, in these days, is an allegory for each of us. And so I'd simply ask us maybe to close our eyes and think, which field or fields am I to be found in? Where am I busy at work? And with what sheep or ox or crops? Because we all know where our occupations are and with whom we work and for whom we're working. So all those people in your life, they're your sheep. And the tools of your trade are your plow, if you like. That's the first question. The second question is, what does your call involve? And like Elisha, you too were clothed in a garment, not merely the humble cloak of a prophet. But really, if you think back to your baptism, all of us were clothed in this white garment. And the garment isn't just a piece of white cloth. It's emblematic of Christ himself. The prayer says it. You are clothed now in Christ. Go and bring his dignity unstained into the kingdom with all the saints. So you've been dressed much more profoundly and powerfully than our friend Elisha. Thirdly, Elisha's response is dramatic. Like the rich young man in the gospel, he runs after the one who calls him and he throws himself at his feet. And then when he's accepted, he goes and makes a sacrifice. He burns his ox, he burns the plow, he burns everything. And his sacrifice is thanksgiving, but his sacrifice is also sort of charity and mission because it says he feeds the company. I think that's an invitation to us. Whatever our sacrifices are, we need to get out of the sort of what we might call the ego drama, you know, the little narrative of me and my personal holiness. And it's a small universe in there. Actually, holiness is about bursting forth in fruits of charity and peace and harmony in the world for those around us. 
what sacrifice can I make today that actually feeds those around me and therefore makes all of us holy? Finally, as we heard, Elisha sort of adopts himself into the family of Elijah. Well, the same thing happened in each of our baptisms. We become adopted brothers and sisters, sons and daughters in the family of God. We become, with Christ, firstborn heirs of the kingdom. That means everything Christ has is yours by birthright now. And I dare say a double portion, because Jesus even said those very, very weird words, you will do greater works than these in my name. So in that spirit, let's simply say, come Holy Spirit, fill us with your presence, with your love, and let that fire fall afresh on us. I might also say, yesterday I had a, a wedding in Rockhampton. It was an old school friend of mine. Wedding, you see the white garment that the bride is clothed in. You know, it's a figure of Christ. If you've been to a funeral of late, the pall that dresses the coffin. It's all this same thing because Christ actually goes with us from beginning to end and even into eternity. Also, this morning, was it this morning? No, it was yesterday morning. Two deacons for Toowoomba were ordained priests, two new priests for the Diocese of Toowoomba. And in just a few days, um, Louis, who's a deacon at the moment for the Brisbane Archdiocese, he'll be ordained a priest as well. So if you see that poster at the back, uh, which is out of date now, but Louis, uh, Brian, and Nathan have just been um, ordained, which is, which is wonderful. Um, I no longer belong on that poster. I'm, I'm off the card now. But we need priests, I think it's very obvious to say. And we have two seminarians there for Rockhampton who are there. So please take a look, add them to your prayer or add them closer to your prayer if they're not already there. And pray that all of us do hear this still small voice that calls us and that clothes us in his very self for mission and for peace.